Welcome to Dog Training Disrupted, where I retrain your brain and introduce you to the world of cognitive behavioral therapy for dogs over the age of six months. This episode is for the parent-to-be who already has a dog. I provide suggestions for before the arrival of the new little human to make your life easier and the transition smoother. Hello, I'm Billy Groom, your host and successful dogologist for over three decades. You probably hear and read about dogs being surrendered because the people don't have time for their dog once they have a child. Well, a big reason for not having time is that they're unable to include the dog into their daily activities, creating additional work because they have to do things separately and attend to the dog's needs separately. I work one-on-one with families hundreds every year. And many of my clients have a dog before they bring a child into their lives. We may have worked together to address issues such as leash reactivity or jumping or some forms of aggression or anxiety. Everything is going great. And then a little bit later, they learn that they're going to have a baby. And they just want to ensure the dog remains part of their family. So what should they do? Well, the first thing I tell them is pretend you already have the baby. So I'm going to provide some suggestions to help you do this. So for example, having to walk a dog separately from walking a baby in a stroller can be time-consuming and restrictive. It can be challenging if you have to leave the baby at home, if there's nobody available at home to walk the dog separately. So you would have to balance that. and Or if you wanted to walk as a family with you and your partner, but then the partner has to walk the dog while you walk the baby because of time constraints. You want to be able to walk the dog with the baby. So you want to practice walking the dog with the stroller prior to having the baby. And then if you have to be doing these things such as turning around because the dog's pulling, that's annoying with a stroller. So you want to make sure that you have a, a good walking skills and a good walking tool before you have your baby. If you're going to change walking routes, and what I mean by this isn't just going a different direct down a different street because that should be common and normal. You shouldn't do the same walking route all the time anyway. But I meant more if you're going to switch from trails to community paths, for example, to accommodate the stroller or simply because you wanna go to a playground that might be part of the walking park or you just want to walk with a group of parents. So I suggest practicing that as well, because that can be a big change for a dog to go from off-leash trails to on-leash community walks. The other thing you should practice is having guests over. Practice a routine that allows you to calmly manage when they arrive. You can start by practicing with yourself or when your partner comes home. Be sure to have transferable skills. Things like kneeing a dog or ignoring a dog, they're not transferable and they're not really effective all the time. Restraints such as baby gates can increase reactivity and anxiety if your dog wants to be part of the whole meet and greet. So it's best to establish skills using exercises and commands that can be taught at easier times and then transferred to the welcome routine. You can get a doorbell app on your phone to practice if you cannot use real life people. 
Speaking of apps, try a baby crying app just to see the response so that you know what your dog's going to do, which you might already know, but it'll also allow you to desensitize in short increments. If your dog is completely stressed out by the crying noises, then desensitization can be challenging and we can use instead CCBT to address this. I'm not saying that all dogs must tolerate everything and that they must love all kids and all activities, but it's important to know how your dog feels and if it is simply a matter of working on some skills and deciding through an educated decision if your dog would prefer to not take partake in some activities that might be a little too much or a little too loud, such as a child's birthday party. I also recommend sitting on the floor. And this is because a lot of parents will put out a blanket or a mat and they're sitting on the floor with their baby. You should come up with a routine for your dog. Do you want your dog on the mat or the blanket or do you not? And if not, where is the place you're expecting your dog to be? Practice that before the baby comes. You should also practice throwing food without your dog jumping or grabbing at it. You can practice that also with a ball. It doesn't have to be with just food. If you are going to make lifestyle changes, such as sleeping or eating in a different place, again, I suggest practicing this before the baby arrives and establishing these new routines. For example, decide on whether the dog is allowed in the baby change room or the bedroom. Think about what this room was used for before. For example, if it was a home office and your dog always hung out there with you while you worked at home, is this going to change? If you're going to decide that your dog will not be able to come in because it's where you are with the baby or only come in at certain times, then I suggest practicing this by allowing your dog to come in only on permission. And then this gives you some flexibility and options once the baby arrives. Think about things like how your dog is when you walk by a child's playground or a baseball game or with tricycles or at a birthday party. Often dogs might love these places or events and they love kids, but they have a difficult time hanging out in this. So what I mean is they could they could enjoy walking through a park, but if you stop to have a picnic, they find that odd. This might be because they're nervous, but it could also just be because they're just not sure what they're supposed to be doing and they could get bored. If some of these activities do prove to be challenging, the best place to start is be, to begin by strengthening your commands around the home, the backyard, on your walks, during everyday activities that your dog likes. Just heighten the strength of those basic commands. This doesn't need to be done puppy style. For example, your dog doesn't need to stay for three minutes and then four minutes and then five minutes while he's staring at a food bowl while you walk around your home. Maybe perhaps stay is a better command to teach while you're bringing groceries inside and outside and use your release command and let your dog follow you, come with you, change that routine, sometimes longer, sometimes shorter. This can also be done, for example, when you're taking food to the table. So mix things up just to strengthen these commands. These exercises will be helpful when your hands are full because they're often full when you have a baby. Be sure to show your babysitter the exercises your dog knows so that your dog views the sitter as knowing his or her language and the routines. And if possible, have your dog sitter come over 
before the arrival of the baby and spend time with you and also, if possible, when you're not there. Using a baby gate or a crate or keeping a dog in a room when guests come over can increase frustration and lead to increased unwanted behavior. So this is why it's best to strengthen commands and practice routines and exercises that allow you to include your dog because you're going to have guests over. And these exercises should be done without the use of treats or constant rewards. They should just be a common language and a way of communicating. You want to be able to hug your friends and family. You want to be able to pass gifts and the baby back and forth. So practice doing that when new people come. Use your commands to help you. In closing, be aware of your dog's thoughts and emotions. It's common for dogs to know when a woman is pregnant. I can remember oh, about three decades ago, a client asked me about a change in their dog's behavior. This was a, a little bit after we had worked together. And she got a hold of me because her dog suddenly became possessive of her and growled when people came near her and was reactive. And I asked her if she was pregnant. And I'm not really sure why, because I hadn't read that or heard that. It was just a hunch. And she said, no, she wasn't. And then a week later, she told me that she uh, was a couple months pregnant. She had just found out. And this has happened many times in my career since then. And so we apply exercises, allowing my clients to calmly manage, to walk up to people, to hug them, to move, to throw things, to change things, and just ensure that my client has the skill to calmly manage situations so that the dog doesn't feel the need to manage those situations him or herself and doesn't feel the need to protect. I hope this provided you with some thought-provoking suggestions that you can adapt into your own lifestyle with your own dog. Let me know if you have any questions. I'd be happy to help out. Yeah, I wish I could hear what you're thinking. You can't say the words, but buddy, I'm listening. Just know that I'll never stay mad. You're still my good boy. For those who are familiar with my episodes, you may notice a hint of exhaustion in this episode. The last few weeks have been busy creating presentations for the Animal Behavior Society Conference 2022, which is currently on. And I was working with an amazing group of experts to create a workshop. And as well, I created a presentation for the main conference on canine CBT. And as always, I spend a great deal of time making connections to spread awareness on the need for canine CBT in mainstream dog education to prevent euthanasia, decrease surrender and returns, increase successful adoptions, and eliminate the perceived need for aversive techniques and methods when people feel as though they have no choice when conditioning methods prove ineffective. I will be switching to an episode every other month to allow me the time to focus on creating changes especially within the organization and industry leaders who refuse to acknowledge the need for solutions in a system that is failing the dogs and the people who are trying to help them. Thank you so much for all you do for the dogs and for your support and to all of those who help animals. Please follow Upward Dogology on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and on LinkedIn, I am Billy Groom. Thanks again to the musicians in this episode. We have clips from Brian John Harwood and Danielle Borgiord. Enjoy your learning journey. And I'm the kind of girl can roll like a guy, but I really don't know. If you're ready for the ride, I'm champagne.